Are you sick and tired of having your children misbehave? Is it hard to tear them away from the TV or from their tablet or phone? Is it hard for you to get them to do chores and just generally behave? Well then, this is the episode for you. Hi, and welcome to Through the Eyes of a Therapist. I'm Crystal Martinez Acosta, licensed professional counselor, board certified therapist. This is the podcast that's all about mental health and therapy. So like I said earlier, if you're sick of your child misbehaving in general and you're having a really hard time with discipline, reinforcement, and just generally parenting them, then this is a great episode to listen to. I encourage you to take out a pen and paper or a tablet, something that you can write notes on because I will be providing you a step-by-step guide on how to create your own token economy for older children. While you're getting that pencil and paper ready, I just want to reintroduce you to a few terms. So we're using behavioral psychology to take this approach. Behavioral psychology has to do with animal behavior. And of course, your children are not animals, even though sometimes you probably feel like they are and you want to call them that. We are technically all mammals, right? And we all have brains. So our brains work on rewards and consequences or positive and negative reinforcement and punishment. And so that's what creating a token economy is about. All the things that I'm going to talk about in this episode are going to be posted on my website, on my blog, or you can go to podbean.com and type in through the eyes of a therapist to check it out. Step one in creating your chore chart, get a calendar. I prefer a monthly calendar that is big enough to put on the refrigerator or hang up on a wall so that everybody is aware of what the rules are going to be and how the rewards are going to work. Step two, if you want, go ahead and get pencil to create the token economy, but then get a permanent marker because believe me, kids have tried to erase rules and rewards and consequences previously, in my experience, on rewards charts. Once you have your calendar, a monthly calendar preferably, set to this month, so October's about to start, if you want, go ahead and pull out the month of October 2018. At the bottom of the calendar, you're going to write a legend. A legend is something that lets us know what the calendar is about. Certain symbols, colors, lines, stickers, they all have some meaning in this calendar. Step three is going to be getting some stickers or getting different colored markers so that you can make happy faces, sad faces, check marks, things like that to keep track of your child's good behavior. All right, so now you're ready to write down some things. This is exactly what I want you to write down. On the side or the bottom of the calendar or even on a separate sheet of paper, write the title, Behaviors That I Want My Child To Do. We don't want to start with negative language, so we're not going to put things to change or we want blank and blank to stop doing the following behaviors. No, we're going to put this is what is expected, behaviors that we want our child to engage in. Then I want you to take a moment and think about the behaviors that you want your child to engage in and put them on the bottom of the calendar on the side, list them out as specifically as possible. We talked about the importance of specificity in the last episode. So if we put something like, well, I want my child, Johnny, to behave, that's number one. 
Well, behave is not necessarily very clear to Johnny, nor is it clear to any other adult, because everybody has subjective points of view on what the word behave means. So please define behave. What does behave mean to you? So for me, for example, what I would do is put something like, I expect these behaviors. Number one, for Johnny to wake up on time at 7 a.m. Number two, brush his teeth, wash his face without being told right after he wakes up. Number three, get all his clothes ready, put them on, and be ready standing at the door by 7.45. All of those are very specific, and there's no wiggle room for loopholes or errors. Once you're done writing all of the behaviors that you want your child to engage in, I would like for you to think of how many points or tickets each behavior is worth. So to increase the likelihood that our children will engage in the behaviors, we want to assign points values to each one. I said the word tickets a little earlier, and I prefer giving families tickets. Tickets as in like Peter Piper or Chuck E. Cheese tickets, because tickets are concrete, tangible things that you can put into a child's hand, which is developmentally appropriate. If you think about the way their brains are formed at this age in late childhood, They like things to be concrete and they're barely acquiring the skill to think abstractly. So we want to make the tokens or the check marks or the stickers or the tickets something that they can see and look at and preferably hold in their hand. So this is where the token economy can get kind of tricky. And this is where a therapist or somebody who's trained in behavioral psychology can help you out. Let's go back to Johnny's example, where we want him to wake up at 7 a.m. We want him to brush his teeth and wash his face right after he wakes up. And then we want him to be ready by the front door by 7.45 a.m. What I'd like for you to do is think about how difficult each of these behaviors is. If I were to look at these three behaviors, and I want to say that Johnny is about eight years old, It's developmentally appropriate for him to be able to get ready on his own. The behaviors that we want our kids to engage in and the behaviors that we're going to reward have to be developmentally appropriate. I would never expect for eight-year-old Johnny to wake up at five in the morning, go outside, clean the yard, feed the dogs, feed the cats, give the cows a bath, come back in, wash the car and vacuum the car, then get ready for school. All of that is way not developmentally appropriate. Plus, who has time for all that in the mornings before they go to school? So we want to make it realistic. Let's say that I've been having the most trouble with Johnny brushing his teeth and washing his face. So this is where we customize the token economy. If this is the most difficult out of the three behaviors that I want him to engage in, I want to make those worth more points. I want to make brushing his teeth and washing his face right after he wakes up worth, let's say, 20 points. Right now, the point number that you give it is kind of arbitrary. It doesn't really matter, but we do want to make sure that it looks like he's earning more points for the more difficult behavior. So look at your list of behaviors and rank them in difficulty using letters. So letter A will be 
the most difficult, letter B will be second to most difficult, C, less difficult, D, way less difficult, etc. I'll give you some time to do that. So remember that we said that letter A is the most difficult. We want that to be worth the most points. So I am actually writing these things down as we go through them. I'm pretending that Johnny is my eight-year-old kid and I want him to engage in the most difficult behavior for him, which is waking up and brushing his teeth and washing his face right after he wakes up. So I'm going to make that worth the, worth the most points. Then B, C, D, and E can be worth less points. So for me, I put letter B and letter C behaviors as like 15 points or 10 points. And then letter D, E, F, G, however many behaviors I have on my chart, I'm going to put them as the most attainable and the easiest. So they're going to be worth less points. So for example, something that could be worth less points is tying his shoes on his own. Okay, I know that maybe eight-year-olds should already be able to tie their shoes, but let's pretend that this is a special circumstance and I'm having some difficulty with him tying his shoes on his own. Maybe he just has a bad habit of walking out of the house with his shoes untied. So let's shape that behavior and make that something easy and it's going to be worth about three points. So now that we've assigned points to all the behaviors we do want to see, we're going to come up with a reward system next. Okay, so I'd like for you to come up with like five rewards. Five rewards meaning things that your kid would want, uh, things that he's been asking for, maybe a toy that they really want. And I want you to write a list of the things that he wants. So for my pretend eight-year-old Johnny, I'm going to include the reward of the Jurassic Park Lego set that he wants. So that's probably going to be worth more points because it's really expensive. It's like 50 bucks. And then I'm going to put things like go outside and play with his friends, right? Um, that's another reward. So that doesn't cost anything. Um, I want you to think of five things that your kid would like and how you're going to get them to earn these things is through the token economy. Of course, they don't have to cost anything. So it can be things like going outside and playing with friends, playing on the Xbox for two hours, maybe going to the library, going to the park, uh, things like that. So just get your creative juices flowing. And a good tip for this is if your child gets upset when you take away a certain privilege, that's one of the privileges that you want to reward him with. So for example, if your child just gets really pissed off when you take away their phone, you definitely want to include that in your rewards list. Once you have your rewards list, I want you to rank them again using the letters A, B, C, D, E, all the way till you have finished labeling each one of your rewards. So again, the letter A is going to be the most valuable reward. Letter B, C, D, E, etc. are going to be worth less. So... I'd like for you to think of which is worth the most. In my pretend example, the Lego set is worth the most. And what's worth the least, in my example, is going outside for an hour after school and playing with some neighbor kids or some friends. Once you have everything ranked, now we're going to assign them some points values. So this is where you have to do a little bit of math, not too much. 
So here we do need to pay attention to age appropriateness. We don't want to make the rewards impossible to earn, but we want the kids to put in a little bit of work and effort into earning these things. In my pretend example, the Jurassic Park Lego set is worth 400 points. I arrived at that number by doing the math. So what I do is I gave the most difficult task, which is brushing face, washing teeth, wait, brushing teeth, washing face, and multiplied that 20 points by five, which is 100 points. I want him to do this behavior for at least one month. So if I multiply 100 times 4, that's 400, one month worth of the behavior. Your child will learn how to budget money or budget points. In this case, I really like to use tickets, and they sell rolls of them, like for carnivals and stuff like that, at party stores and at Walmart and at the dollar store. So let's pretend that Johnny got up this morning and he washed his face and brushed his teeth just like it said in his charts so I'm going to hand him 20 tickets he's going to be responsible for taking care of the tickets so he has to store them somewhere I always recommend to parents to buy a small school box or get a shoe box or some other Tupperware container something that you have lying around the house that he can keep track of his tickets with these points will motivate him to continue doing the behavior because he's getting rewarded for it. And he knows that the rewards are tied to points. What we definitely want to explain to kids is that the points that they get are equal to rewards. So for example, if I were to break it down for my eight-year-old Johnny, I would tell him that if you wash your face, brush your teeth right after you wake up for five days this week, you could get 100 points. Now I know you really want that Lego set, that Jurassic Park Lego set from Walmart, and that's worth 400 points. So if you were to do this task Monday through Friday for school for four weeks in a row, you could earn that Lego set because that's equal to 400 points. It may seem like a lot, for kids, but this is a great way to show them that their hard work is going to earn them something. It's the same principle as an adult getting up and going to work to get their paycheck. We wait two weeks, sometimes people wait one whole month to get paid, but we won't get paid and we won't reap the benefits of our work if we don't show up. So this is what it's showing them. It's showing them some real life skills for being accountable, being independent, but also understanding that their hard work can pay off. The other thing you want to clarify for your child is how many points or tickets they can turn in at a time. So let's say that my pretend eight-year-old Johnny again comes up to me and says, you know what, but I really want to go outside and play with a friend. And that's worth 20 points. Well, that's up to him. If he wants to use those 20 points that he earned today and turn them into me and say, I would like to redeem these tickets for the prize of going out and playing for a little bit, then I take his tickets. And it's just like Peter Piper, right? Like when you go to the toy counter and you give your tickets to the attendant, you're redeeming those tickets for a prize. You don't get those tickets back. So once they're gone, they're gone. 
So it also teaches your child how to budget and to be patient. I could explain to Johnny, are you sure you want to do that? Because if you take 20 points away right now to go outside and play, you're going to be behind another 20 points because you spent them and you're not going to be able to get your Lego set until a little bit later. Is that what you want? So once I explain that to him, he's also learning how to problem solve and prioritize. So your child must understand that they're the ones who are responsible for keeping their own tickets. And if you're going to use points, you might want to keep a notebook and hide it from the child. So anytime that you give a point in that notebook, go ahead and let the child see that. And anytime he or she redeems points for a prize, you want to be transparent about that and show that to the child. There are a few important rules when it comes to following a token economy. Rules for parents, mostly. Number one, once you decide to use a token economy and you say that, for example, the Lego set, if a Lego set is something that your child is going to earn with points, you should not feel bad and then tomorrow go buy the Lego set and give it to the child before he earns it with points because then that defeats the whole purpose. You also should not make any promises that you're not going to keep. If the Lego set's out of your budget, or if you promise anything else that you're not able to get, avoid that at all costs. The power of the token economy comes from consistency and keeping your promises. The other rule or key to the token economy is having other caregivers on board, whether that be dad, uh, whether that be mom, whether that be aunt, grandma, grandpa. A lot of times what I hear, especially in Mexican culture, is where, you know, grandparents really love to spoil their grandchildren. And that's totally fine. However, they're letting them get away with a lot. And if some of those things aren't being reported to mom or to dad, whoever's doing the token economy, this can really undermine your authority. So you've got to make sure that everybody who's a caretaker of the child is in on the point system or the tickets. The last key to this whole parenting thing and tickets and token economies is staying consistent. Consistency is super important. Even when you feel like it's not working or the behavior's gotten worse, remember that things will get worse before they get better and you have to be consistent and follow through with everything. Even if it seems like it's working, if it's not working, Something else that I really like to do with my clients is tell their parents that surprise tickets or bonus tickets or points are possible. So what this means is anytime a child does something really, really well, and maybe it's not on your rewards list at the bottom of your calendar, or maybe it's not on the behaviors to do list on the top of your calendar, it's okay. So for example, if eight-year-old Johnny comes in, takes off his shoes as he's walking onto the carpet, and I didn't have to tell him to do that, but he's doing it to be polite and respectful and follow one of the rules of our house, then I can go ahead and give him a surprise ticket or a couple of surprise tickets and be like, hey, I really like how you took your shoes off and you were being really respectful in this house. Here are some extra tickets. Now go put them away. 
So you can give bonus and surprise tickets. The results are based on the power of intermittent reinforcement. So intermittent reinforcement is a little bit different than consistent reinforcement. Consistent reinforcement is what's on the calendar. Every time Johnny does this thing, I will give him predictably every time this reward or these many tickets or tokens. So if I surprise him with bonus tickets, he's not expecting those. And so that's really reinforcing because I may not give him tickets for those behaviors all the time, but when I do, it's super reinforcing. So this is why people become addicted to gambling. Every time you put money into a slot machine or you put money on the roulette table, you don't win every single time. What makes it really powerful and addicting is the fact that you win only some of the time, but you don't know when your winnings are coming. So that's how intermittent reinforcement is really powerful. I will be including a sheet on how to create a token economy for your child. It'll be found at www.throughtheeyesofatherapist.org. Another way you can implement a token economy is by getting an empty jar and by getting some marbles or some rocks or even beans. Anything that a child can count out and see would be a great choice for this token economy I am about to describe. This one we'll call the jar of marbles. So just like before, you're going to need to write down a few things and you're going to have to explain these rules to your child. This marble jar is really cool because it's not just for one individual child. It can be for a group of children or even a classroom. The best kind of jar to use, in my opinion, is a clear jar. It can be plastic or glass, but as long as, one, you're safe with it and your kids won't knock it over, right? And two, it can be see-through because, remember, kids like to view things concretely. So if they can see the marbles or rocks piling up in the glass... I think that that's really powerful because they're making a straight connection in their brain to positive behavior and those marbles that go in the jar. On the jar, you can write in permanent marker or you can get masking tape and create different levels for the jar. Your jar will end up looking like a ruler. So on the front of the jar, you'll have some lines that indicate increments. So, for example, at the bottom of the jar, you can have a line, and then that line can equal to a certain reward, because not very many marbles or rocks will have to go in there to reach that line. The second line can be maybe somewhere in the midpoint, and the third line can be at the very top of the jar. So... Like in the previous token economy with the calendar, you want to think of some behaviors that you can write down on a sheet of paper. Um, I prefer using permanent marker with this one just so that you can write out a definitive list of things that you want your child to engage in or your group of children or your classroom to engage in. So think of a few behaviors that are worth marbles or that are marble worthy. So how can they earn these marbles or rocks? Talking politely to their siblings, that can be worth another few marbles. 
um, sweeping and mopping the floor, that might be worth a few more marbles, especially if they're smaller children. Um, and of course, if you have older children, maybe ones that are closer to being teenagers, the harder the task, uh, the more tokens or marbles you want to give, but also you can give them harder things to do. So what I'll also include on my uh, podcast website is uh, appropriate chores for appropriate ages. So I found this chart, I think on Pinterest a long time ago, that talks about what maybe a seven-year-old can do to earn some points versus what a 14-year-old can do to earn some points. The difficulty in the task is going to vary depending on age, body ability, height, uh, health issues, uh, cognitive issues, things like that. Once you have your list of to-do behaviors or things that you want your children to do, now you can start talking to them about how they can earn marbles and what the marble jar is. So a good way to explain this is here's a jar, Johnny and Rachel and Ross. They're all maybe under 10 years old. And I'm going to say every time you're polite to each other and I catch you being really nice to each other, I'm going to put a handful of marbles in the jar. This first line at the bottom of the jar means that we can all go to the movies together. That's what marbles up to this line will earn you. If you earn marbles to fill the jar halfway to this line, then that means that we can all go to Western Playland or Six Flags for a day. And then the last line, if you fill the jar all the way up, then that means I can get you that iPad that you really wanted. I mean, these are extreme examples and you can do whatever's within your budget, but the same principle about difficulty is going to apply here. So the smaller prize is going to be worth less marbles. The medium prize is worth maybe half the jar worth of marbles. And then the most expensive prize or the biggest prize in your child's eyes is going to be earned by filling the jar completely all the way to the top. This is a good type of token economy for somebody who doesn't really want to count a lot of points, be in charge of um, counting stickers, counting check marks, or maybe your kid really always loses their tickets or their tokens. So this is a good way to keep track for families or classrooms, especially those that are really busy. Redeeming marbles, redeeming tickets all work the same way. You subtract uh, whatever they want to spend from the account, and that's how it goes. It's like a budget. The last type of token economy I'm going to describe is for older, older children, maybe ones that are 11 and 12, all the way through the teenage years. The same principles of picking behaviors that you want the child to do not what you don't want them to do, but what you want them to do still applies here. So if you, w if you have a teenager and you're having difficulty with disciplining them, you want to listen to this part of the podcast. So step one is going to be creating a few behaviors that you want your teenager to engage in. So for example, let's change um, eight-year-old Johnny to 15-year-old Amabella. <laughs> okay, I just came up with that. So um, 
15-year-old Amabella really likes to go to quinceañeras and goes to dances, and she's having a little bit of trouble with her grades, but she really likes to be around her friends, and she likes to shop, and she really likes makeup. She really likes going to the Dollar Tree to get snacks, and she likes to talk on the phone and text almost every day. So think of the things that your teenager likes. You want to make a list of those things as well. So anything from things they've asked you for, things that they've asked for for Christmas or their birthdays, um, things that they're constantly using. So for example, if they really like to use their phone to text their friends or Snapchat, then you can totally use that as part of a reward. The important difference in the token economy for younger, younger, older children versus adolescents is you actually get to take away some tokens. Yeah, I said earlier that you shouldn't do that, but we're going to try it just for the older children. So anybody who's like maybe 12 and up that has a token economy, let's say you choose to use the calendar type. You can have a monthly calendar that both you and your adolescent can look at. You can come up with and negotiate um, what the prizes will be, how many points each of the tasks that you want them to engage in will be worth. So a teenager and the token economy is a little bit different because you get to collaborate with them a little bit more. So you're teaching your child or your adolescent how to negotiate, how to speak clearly to get their needs met, and how to just in general speak to an adult. So I think Part of the problem that we're fixing here is something that is really super common. And I don't know if it's a cultural thing, like a Mexican thing, or if it's just um, something that all parents do. But when they ground their teenagers, they ground them for like three months at a time. And what's really... Uh, I, I discourage that with the families that I see because in psychology and behavioral psychology, if we're rewards driven and we go, you know, one month, two months, three months without a reward or without being told something positive, then behavior and negative behavior can spiral down really quickly and really intensely. So like I said, it's just like an adult, like when we go to school or go to work and we go get our paycheck or we get our grades, those are positive reinforcement. Those things make us want to work or make us want to work hard for our grades and for our money. So it's the same thing. We shouldn't withhold rewards or positive praise from our children for a really long time because that can, you know, really kill their morale and kill their motivation. So an important component for creating these things for a teenager is their ability to earn things back if they lost them. So for example, let's say you're using the jar Okay, and your teenager has a jar that's completely full and this full jar has been equated or equal to a night out at a quinceañera and they get to go for the whole quinceañera to the church and go to the mall with their buddies in between and then they get to go to the dance and everything until midnight. Let's say that they earned their jar. But let's say they do something, you know, not very smart (laughs) at the quinceañera. Let's say that they don't come home until after curfew, something like that. 
whenever you punish the adolescent for that, it would make sense to punish them and maybe, you know, take away a few marbles um, in the future or just maybe withhold giving them marbles since they already spent their whole jar. You want to withhold giving them marbles for, let's say, a week and then you want to give them the opportunity to earn your trust back. So how would they do that? And that's how that's something you can talk to your teenager about. I will give you your marbles back slash your trust back when you do the following things. So then that way they know that they're not like SOL or shit out of luck. They know that they're able to reconcile and re-earn those points or marbles. This boosts morale in teenagers and just in general if you were at work and let's say you got written up and the boss's eye is on you but let's say they told you you know what I'm writing you up and I'm not going to pay you for three months um excuse me no one that's illegal and two we wouldn't want to go to work after a while because you know what we're not getting paid so what the heck are we even doing with our time so it's kind of the same thing this is why we have structure and scheduling in adult life and this is why it should be able to work with adolescents and teenagers I hope you're still with me, and if you have any questions or need clarification on how to create the token economy, you can reach out to me. You can contact me at hello at throughtheeyesofatherapist.org or crystal, C-R-I-S-T-A-L, at throughtheeyesofatherapist.org. Again, I will be posting all of these things up on the podcast website associated with the link to the episode to this podcast, which is www.throughtheeyesofatherapist.podbean.com. And if you have any questions about parenting your older child, your teenagers, anything like that, let me know. I can try to come on here and clarify again. And I feel like I might be making a video for it just so that you know or have an idea about how to create a token economy for yourself and you can see it visually. I just want to say thank you so much for listening to Through the Eyes of a Therapist. If you really have any questions, concerns, or comments, please find me on my Facebook page, on Instagram. I'm really active on Instagram and Twitter, or you can write to me or just go to my website, throughtheeyesofatherapist.org. The next few episodes that I'm going to release are going to be about becoming a therapist. So if you're a mental health professional or you know any mental health professionals that would be interested in interviewing, have them go to throughtheeyesofatherapist.org. Until next time, everyone. Thank you for listening.